Hello and welcome to this Vardimus podcast, where we explore the emerging trends and strategies in recruitment marketing. I'm your host, Daniel, and my guest today is Nate Gugia, account manager at JobFortWits, which is a San Francisco-based creative studio that helps startups and talent teams hire fast with fewer resources by creating culture-focused content about your company to market your job opportunities. You also for sure know Nate from LinkedIn, where he's constantly sharing valuable insights on the topic of employer branding. And that's exactly what we'll be looking at today. The main opportunities that startups and large organizations can unlock by creating and consolidating a strong employer brand strategy. So with that being said, I invite you to sit back, take notes and enjoy. Hi, Nate. Glad to, uh, glad to have you. Thanks for taking the time to be here. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm excited to, to have this chat. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, please meet our listeners and dear listeners, uh, please meet Nate. So just a quick 360 overview for those people that don't know you. Uh, you're kind of today the one of the strongest voices out there on employer branding. And you've actually been a great source of inspiration for uh, everyone looking at um, employer branding centric content. So just tell us a little bit more about yourself, about your work and about job portfolio. Yeah, sure. Um, so my formal title is account manager for job portraits, but you know, working with a, with a small agency, that means I wear a lot of different hats. So, um, yeah, like like you mentioned, um, I have a pretty strong presence on LinkedIn. Um, I lead a lot of our our front end business development efforts. You know, the back end account management, but like, you know, overall with Job Portraits, we're a creative studio that specializes in employer branding. Uh, we're based in the Bay Area in California, and we primarily work with growth stage, really like hyper growth startups um, who you know, have just raised a round of funding, they have big hiring goals, and typically we'll come in and partner with their internal talent teams to act as that content marketing arm to produce really high quality content that speaks directly to a candidate audience. So this company can just start marketing their jobs and marketing their culture to the outside world to start really attracting talent in this very competitive market. And so because we kind of live in this world of, of hyper growth or fast growth startups, we very much look at content and employer branding through a product lens. And so we're always looking at how can we execute quickly and find the best product market fit. And for us, that product is content and that market is is job candidates. Absolutely. And um, really connected to this, right? I have a I have a question that might seem simple, but on the other hand, I, I, I don't see it uh, being that simple. So in your opinion, why do you think companies need to focus more and more on a solid employer branding strategy? And uh, because you've said it um, not just one time that employer branding today is the modern recruiting tool. So Tell us a bit more about yeah. that. Please. So I think, um, and, I, and I'm sure we'll probably expand on this part of it a little bit more, but recruiting used to be, and talent acquisition used to be closer to sales than marketing. And now the world of sales has gravitated more uh, towards a marketing focus, right? It's so much more about like building exactly. awareness. We understand that when whether it's like customer acqu- acquisition or talent acquisition, that it's just a longer cycle. It takes longer or it takes more touch points, um, candidates and customers both, they just want to build this level of credibility and trust before they're bought in first. And so I think the world of talent acquisition has moved in this marketing direction 
And as a result, employer branding has become a necessity for basically any organization who's attracting talent today, which is basically every company out there because candidates, they just want different things. Um, they have different requirements. They want to know a lot more about an organization before they want to take that next step to maybe say, I want to learn more and I, and I do want to apply. And so what that means is you can't just like get by on things like compensation or like fun perks. It's like candidates want to want to look behind the curtain and they want to know like what is actually going on in the like day in the life inside of this company and does it align with who I am and with what my goals are. And as we know with like younger generations now being like the the bulk of the job market or of the candidate market, those needs and requirements are rapidly changing as well and as a result organizations need to adjust to that pretty quickly. And so you know, if we even like shift the focus and we look at like values, like company values and mission and vision and things like that, like words don't mean any words don't mean yeah. anything anymore. Um, we we know like at Job Portraits from doing a lot of UX research and and interviews with candidates who are on the market and just observing their behavior when they're researching companies, we just know that they scroll past those things on a career site. Like like words are word. Like if you look at any company out there. They all look the same from a values perspective. And now we're in this like show don't tell era where companies have to show how their values are lived out experientially on a day to day. And they have to start telling those stories. And when that story aligns with what a candidate is looking for, then you have total alignment and buy-in. And that's when things can start moving forward. And so that's why like employer branding and, and even like marketing on the recruiting side is just becoming so much more of a necessity and a focus And I couldn't agree more on that. And actually, like you present, you present yourself as a sales guy who loves marketing, right? Um, so then it's obvious that recruitment and marketing start having a lot in common these days. And you've actually mentioned in one of your LinkedIn posts that for the most part, employer branding is kind of safe and ordinary. It's pretty boring. Right? I'm just <laughs> quoting here. Yeah. Um, and there's so, so much opportunity for quirky, edgy, and yeah. innovative. Right. So um, do you have in mind just a couple of, exa of examples of well-done communicated employer brands? Um, and maybe it would be interesting to have like uh, look from the startup perspective and one example from uh let's say uh, yeah yeah for sure um i can give you more than a couple <laughs> from my from from both um there are <laughs> i i think like in general i i would i would stand by you know i guess that quote or, or my post but um there are some companies out there who are really differentiating them themselves in the market um on the smaller side like I look at a company like Buffer who is well known for their product and they might be equally or more well known for their culture. Um, they've like really set themselves apart as this like just this company that values like remote first. They talk openly and transparently about compensation. Like if you go to their website, it is like you can basically learn everything about this company that you want to and you just have like an instant connection. Um, they've done just a wonderful job of positioning themselves as a culture leader. Um, and they have a really popular culture blog. And like we at Job Portraits look to buffer a lot for a lot of the ways that we structure our company. Um, there's also a company that recently, earlier this year, they ran this really cool campaign. Um, they're called Loom. 
and they were hiring for um, a really, really tough to fill role. It was a head of design role. And uh, what they did was they recorded, so Loom's a video software. They recorded 200 individual Loom videos for their, for their candidate prospects and personalized each one. And then they wrote a blog post about it. I can send you the link too, if you want it, um, to the blog post. But when I read that, we shared it around internally at our company and we were just blown away by like the level of creativity. They used their own product. They, it was highly personal and they ended up just getting the most amazing hire out of it. Um, to me, even more than the actions is the behavior and what that behavior shows about that company. It's like, even me probably just telling you that 30 second story, you just understand that that is a company that values talent at such a high level that it's just gonna be like this wonderful cultural place to work. So that loom really stood out to me. Um, Like as we start working our way up and like getting into bigger companies, Eventbrite, which, you know, Eventbrite, you could maybe still think of them as a startup, but they're pretty big now. Um, they have this thing called Brightlings, where they do a really great job of showcasing a lot of their employees, um, bringing their values to life. They have a really cool career site where it's broken down by location. Um, I just think they do a really great job of like showcasing their culture. Um, Stripe, I think Stripe. Yeah, Stripe probably has the gold yeah. standard when it comes to career sites. Um, they they've done an amazing job on that front. Um, and then like Medallia, I'm a little bit biased when it comes to Medallia because this was a this was a campaign that we actually <laughs> created with them. Um, but it's really amazing. It's called Hire the Whole Person, and it was rolled out last year. And the things that they show on a on a DNI front. Um, are just amazing. Like you really understand how much they value diversity and inclusion. When you look at the videos on their hire, the whole person campaign, um, they show like, like what it, what some of these employees are doing outside of work. Um, it's just, it's, it's a really beautiful campaign. Um, and then survey monkey was hiring, I believe for a head of product. And they posted this really cool video on LinkedIn and it was their CEO. And I believe their, their head of marketing, I could be wrong, but it was two very senior stakeholders in this video, basically talking to their candidate. And it it just like, I don't know, it really stood out to me. And I love to use that as an example. And then like a really big company level, Rockwell Automation, um, their head of talent brand is Anthony Jones. He's a really, really creative talent brand leader. He comes from a marketing background. They haven't released their, their big 2020 video yet, but I've, he sent me like a rough cut of it. And it's the most creative employer brand video that I maybe have ever seen. Um, it is incredibly, um, artsy. It is outside of the box. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm really proud of the level of just creativity and the limits that they're pushing in that video because very few companies are doing that. And so I'm pretty, I'm pretty psyched for it to be launched. Okay, so you definitely, definitely got everyone here curious and like looking forward to uh, to seeing that. Um, so yeah, I mean, thank you. Those are like amazing examples, right? And I'm sure their audience has a lot to like, uh, you know, look into and learn from uh, from these examples. And um, I'm quoting again from from whatever post on LinkedIn. Uh, so a, a head of talent at a high growth startup that just raised a round 
and has to double headcount, uh, thinks about employer branding differently than the head of uh, global employer branding um, at a Fortune 500 yeah. company, right? Because it's two different worlds. So having that in mind, let's let's just dive a bit deeper. When building the employer brand strategy, like what do you think are some big differences in the approach um, yeah. startup versus oh, that's a, a That's company? a good question. Um, so if we look at if we look at startups first, um, startups are very product and revenue driven, right? That's not a fault. It's just the stage that they're at, right? And so virtually right. the entire company, yep. you know, is focused on like product design, shipping that product, go to market. And at the same time, you know, like you said, they most likely just raised a large round and they have audacious hiring goals. And, you know, some of like the companies that we talk with, like their hiring goal, I mean, we're, they're, they're doubling headcount year over year. And these are young companies who've only been around for like maybe three or four years. And they're just doubling year after year. A lot of those candidates are highly competitive, sought after candidates, engineers, sales professionals who like every other company is recruiting for. But it's a mindset shift that these organizations have to go through and it's not there to start with for a lot of them, right? It's like because of because of the stage that they're at, like things being so product and revenue focused, talent, although it's very needed and it's required, they just haven't put a focus on it. And so it's about like creating first like a mindset shift. And a lot of times, like if the founders, if it's not at the founder level, then that's really on like somebody internally, like a head of talent to really take ownership and to get themselves a seat at the table. So employer branding becomes a priority because too often it, it won't. Right. And so, um, but that being said, if employer right. branding is a priority and it is something that a growth stage startup is going to roll out, it's very much like a talent acquisition lever. It is, it is so much more focused on attracting candidates because you're 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 not going to have somebody who's dedicated to employer branding full time at, at this type of company. It's very rare that you actually see like an employer brand role, and so it's probably going to fall on like a head of sure. people. It's gonna or maybe like a head of recruiting or a head of talent where they can spend like twenty percent of their time focused on employer branding, and the other eighty percent is them in meetings hiring, strategizing, things like that, things like outside of employer branding, right? And so, and at the same time, it's extremely right. fast paced and things change very quickly. And so they have to like really look at like, okay, how can we be scrappy about, about employer branding? What kind of resources or what kind of like external partners can we lean on so we can start executing on this quickly? Um, and I think most importantly, how do we create an employer brand that is flexible enough to withstand the rapid growth and change that we're going to go through so we don't have to go and repeat this process every single year? Um, and if you have something that's a little bit inflexible or a little bit too firm, you can find yourself spending like unnecessary time and money trying to recreate something that, you know, year after year and like kind of like spinning your wheels or not creating anything at all. And, um, and so then like, if you shift to a mature company, mature company is probably going to have a dedicated employer brand leader, most likely some level of a supporting team, more access to like creative 
So they might even have like their own like creative team. Maybe it's writers, videographers, um, whatever that might be. And they also have just like a slower, like slower pace, like hiring cadence, right? It doesn't mean that they're going to be hiring any less than like a gross age startup. It's just going to be a, probably a lot more planned yeah. out and a lot more methodical than a hair on fire talent team that you see at like most fast growing startups. And so, you know, they're going to be able to like have this dedicated team who could like take a little bit more of a thoughtful approach, spend the majority of their time focusing on this. Um, and it also at a bigger company employer branding, although yes, it's very much a, you know, still a talent acquisition acquisition lever. It becomes like an internal communications measure. It becomes an employee engagement, uh, measure. It's like more focused on retention. They just look at it differently because they approach hiring differently. Um, and so it's been like pretty interesting to see like the difference in what employer branding actually means to these different stages of companies. No, absolutely. And that's, I totally agree with you. And that's a, that's a really, really good uh, angle to view uh, um, those, you know, the startup world and uh, the, the bigger companies, right? They're according mm -hmm. to their, how they're structured, right? So I guess uh, people in our yeah. audience can actually- and, You know, I want to add one more to, thing on the mature both. company side before I forget. Um, um, also, when it comes to mature companies, things like employer sure. value proposition become like a real topic of conversation at those companies, right? It like company values is a topic of conversation across the board. But when it comes to like a formal, like employer value proposition um, project and how are we going to define, define our brand pillars and what does this mean? And, and the, the intensive research that goes into something like that, that is definitely something that falls on a mature company a lot more than it does a growth stage company on a growth stage company. It's like expressing your values, but big companies, it's like the EVP is like that foundation that right. everything else is built upon. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And actually, uh, uh, according to a recent LinkedIn study, around 59% of recruiters, uh, uh, recruiting leaders worldwide um, said they'd invest more in employer branding, right? Um, so my question to you here is like, what do you think about this number? Should we expect it to grow in 2020? So yeah, I hope so. Um, so yes, uh, I, I do. So like I look at it, it's really interesting in the United States uh, to see the progression of employer branding. It's like rapid progression um, over like the course of 2019. It slowly this like terminology started becoming like an actual thing that I could talk. I could say employer branding to most people in like in the talent space in general, and they would all know what I, what I meant. It hasn't been that way in years prior to 2019. And so I think 2019 was like very much this year of like awareness for employer branding, understanding, learning about it, like it becoming a priority and like kind of buzzwordy in a way, but like in a good way. Um, and so I definitely <laughs> yeah. think now companies are going to prioritize that. I don't, I don't know how that translates into actual budget. Um, there's a, there is a problem when it comes to budget and employer branding, right? It's like employer branding. I think we, we would all raise our hand and agree that employer branding 
is very important. But when it comes to the actual dollars that companies are going to dedicate to that, um, my hope is that that's going to increase in 2020. Um, but I guess that remains to be seen. But definitely, like awareness around employer branding is is increasing. So, <laughs> got it, got it. And and one thing that you've been actually talking a lot about because we're talking about like 2020 is just around the corner, right? And you've been talking a lot about okay, 2019 has been the year of strategizing of of uh, just. Um, getting yourself more and more familiar, right, with what you need to do and how you need to uh, to uh, to move onward when it comes to your employer branding initiatives. So, uh, 2020 to you uh, should or looks seems to be more of an uh, yeah. of an execution phase, right? So, like, uh, tell okay. us tell us a bit yeah. about your so uh, uh, your, uh, yeah. So, like I was saying, that. I think like. I, for a lot of teams and a lot of conversations I had over the course of this year, 2019 was very much like that learning, yeah. like figuring out what employer branding means, how it applies to their, to an organization and like what this actually looks like. And I think, yes, I, I do really feel strongly that 2020 has to be a year of execution because it's like, okay, <laughs> honestly, like when it comes to employer branding strategy, it's like, it's not that sexy. I mean, we're, we're talking about like marketing 101 type maneuvers, you know? I mean, it's things that like marketing professionals have been doing for years. And so there's only so much strategizing and thinking about this stuff that you can, that you can do. And it's like ex- executing is where you like really are able to test and run experiments and figure out what works for your audience. Because there's general rules that apply to employer branding, but you're not going to really know what rules apply to your audience until you test it on them. And so I'm just like a big advocate of companies producing content at scale, whatever that means for them, at a regular cadence and pushing it out to their candidate audience, getting feedback, talking to candidates on the market, seeing what they want, and and just like getting in that mode of like shipping stuff like marketers do and just like because strategizing and thinking about it is really safe but it's uncomfortable to start putting stuff out there but the reality is is like very few teams are doing it at at a level of quality and pace that 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 it needs to be at and so there's so much opportunity for companies especially smaller startups who are more flexible and who value like talent first more and who don't have any like as many like people to answer answer to throughout the company right where they can just like get in on the founder level and the founders are like yeah let's roll with this to like start pushing stuff out and start thinking about it the same way that they think about shipping product and go and go to market just apply it to employer branding and run with it because you know what like honestly nothing's gonna break like it's 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 all going to be good and you're going to learn so much from doing rather rather than just like sitting and thinking about it. I absolutely love the idea and absolutely think that's the way to go. Um, And uh, just to add to this, I would say that, you know, (laughs) uh, measuring all your initiatives along the way, that's also going to play like a a significant role, right? Because that's when you're going to, when you're going to like, look at what you're doing and say, okay, what works and why? And, you know, I believe that's also going to be, yeah. uh, that's, yeah, that's also going to be super well, important. I, yeah. To, to I, keep in I mind. just want to like touch on um, that for a second. I'm so, really, I'm really glad you brought that up because yeah. everything that I just said might make sense. 
And if it does make sense, it only makes sense if you're actually measuring it. If you're not measuring it, then then you're basically just like taking action for the sake of action. Um, so like what you said is a, it's a huge component that talent teams need to like really think about and incorporate into, into their marketing, into their employer branding, because you have to like measure what, what you're doing is the only, that's the only way to know what, what's working and what isn't. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so just like, uh, because, uh, I, I mean, there's definitely a lot to talk about here, uh, but time isn't necessarily in our favor. Um, so tell us just for 2020, what, Uh, exciting things do you have going on at Job Portraits? And yeah, uh, yeah just give us a little quick peek <laughs> on, uh, on what's, Yeah, for uh, sure. Um, I think, you know, one thing that we started in 2019 that, that that's going really well, and I think 2020, it's going to be just more polished and refined, is we started doing um, like one-day employer branding workshops with talent teams prior to our content engagements. And what we realized was, and it was kind of out of necessity and, and we were being asked for it. So we started at the front end of the engagement. We have an office in the, in the city in San Francisco and we would bring like the head of talent and maybe somebody from recruiting, but we'd also bring in other stakeholders from other departments, like maybe a head of marketing or a head of product. And sometimes we'll get the, the founders in the room um, and We talk about employer branding. Everybody understands what it is. We we audit the candidate experience. We audit their employer brand. We look at all the touch points in their candidate journey. We look at what kind of... We, we do like a light EVP, so everybody's super clear on their values. And then we talk about what are the stories we're going to tell to bring this all to life. And so we go from like discovery to like clear, defined content execution in an entire day and what that was able to do what we've seen is just like built so much internal alignment and excitement around employer branding which otherwise wouldn't have been there we're pulling people are you know other departments are pulling resources to support talent and it's just been like yeah. uh, it's been a way to like really kick off content um in a way that like we didn't actually expect and so i think for 2020 we're just super excited about doing a lot more of these workshops Um, so that's like one thing. Um, another thing too, is, um, I think we're probably going to be rolling out like a content subscription for more mature companies. Um, and I think like on the career site side, um, there's a lot of opportunity for companies. I do a lot of audits on career sites, just like for general knowledge. Um, and we, we've done a, a bunch of research with candidates to find out what they actually care about on career sites and like what calls to action and what kind of like touch points and things like that. And so I think, Career sites, compelling redesigned career sites is something that always does it too. But um, yeah, those are just like some of the things that I'm that I'm kind of seeing or looking forward to. Awesome. Well, like, thanks for sharing. Um, it's been a pleasure. And uh, you have a huge follower here. So I'm definitely going to be uh, following your work uh, throughout 2020. Um, and with that in mind, again, thank you so much for, for uh, sharing all this with us. I'm sure that our listeners uh, will actually get great value from, uh, from our discussion. And uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe in a couple of months, we can, uh, yeah. we can, uh, we should do a part two. Have, we, we probably could have talked for another 30 uh, minutes. Another on yeah. the topic that'd be great and, uh, okay <laughs> definitely yeah awesome well again Nate thanks for uh, I appreciate thanks it thanks for your thanks time you. and um, yeah again it's been a pleasure
Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Smart Humans Podcast. If you enjoyed it and found the information valuable, feel free to like, share, and subscribe. You can also reach out to us at smarthumans.com or check out our blog at smarthumans.com forward slash blog. See you next time.